Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married 19 years and have seen the fruit in raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from the faith by age 18, and it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in a fallen world. Welcome back, everybody. Courageous Parenting. Hey, how are you all doing? We're so excited. Oh, yeah. This episode, How to Overcome Anger in Your Parenting. This is kind of a touchy subject. We get a lot of questions from a lot of parents about anger Yes, regarding parenting. It's true. A lot of people say, I get so frustrated with my kids. Right. Right. So if you've ever said that or thought that, then today's episode is going to be perfect for you. Yeah. Um, We're going to get real raw, dig into the word of God. So make sure you have your Bibles. And there's some myths about this in the Christian world that we need to dispel. Some parents might even think some of their anger is justified. We'll for surely dispel Mm -hmm. that. And we're going to talk about the biblical truth about anger and really what's happening that destroys your legacy when you do it in practical tips to overcome it. Yeah, I think that this one's super practical. Just being a mom of eight, I know that there have been times where I've succumbed to my flesh and struggled with that. And so, mm-hmm. um, me by, as well, unfortunately. Yeah. And I think if you're really honest with yourself, almost everybody listening probably too has had a, at least, at the least, struggled with this a few times in their parenting. But there are some people who this is. A daily like thing. a daily thing where they're struggling with anger in their tone, in their attitude, um, maybe holding grudges, bitterness, even towards their kids, resentment, maybe yeah. for like lifestyle changes. So yeah. um, we're going to talk about all that. And so think about it this way. Would you treat your employees this way? That's a really good question. Or would you talk to your child this way if your mom and dad were there or are your pastor? or a good friend were there watching you, right? Do you parent differently in your home than you do when you're outside your home and you know people are watching? As far as treating people as people. Yeah, and just the dignity of the child and how you're speaking to them if you're using haughty eyes or, yeah. Yeah, it's it's really important to think about that. And sometimes uh, we take for granted Mm -hmm. our family. And what I mean by that is we treat them more poorly in some ways and better in other ways. And this would be one of the areas that might be more poorly than people outside our family because whatever you take for granted kind of disappears. Now, your kids aren't necessarily going to disappear. It's not what we're saying. No, but But their hearts, well, you might lose their hearts. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. In the moment, it's we need to really be aware of how powerful our influence is in the relationship that we have and the bond we have with each child. Yeah. And this plays a huge part. So, So- Yeah. So the definition of anger, we looked it up. It's a feeling of annoyance, displeasure, uh, or hostility, uh, other words, or exasperation, Mm -hmm. right? Things like that. Right. Exasperation, vexing. Vexing. Vexation. That's Um, in the movie Gladiator, by the way. Resentment. I'm vexed. Resentment was also in that you're (laughs) so funny. You love the Gladiator. Um, But, but. Even resentment was one of the words. So the Webster's Dictionary describes anger as a noun, a feeling of annoyance, which is interesting because the Bible, that goes in alignment with the Bible. And if you have an 1828 Webster's Dictionary, a lot of it is very biblical based, which is why we have one of those really old Bible um, dictionaries or really old dictionary. Um, And 
it's interesting because it goes in alignment with the first verse that we're going to read today, which is found in Ephesians 4, verse 26 through 31. Um, and it says, be angry and do not sin. So that goes in alignment with the definition of anger if it's saying it's a feeling that so you, you're experiencing inside. So you can have the feeling because sometimes you can't avoid that, right? You get that feeling. Yeah. But what you choose to do after that makes all the difference. It's a yes. And so in be angry and do not sin. And now here's the next part that we've used in marriage a lot, yeah. um, which is do not let the sun go down on your wrath or anger, right? Yeah. Wrath would be extreme anger as defined in the dictionary. Mm -hmm. um, in our new King James version here, it says, do not let the sun go down in your wrath, nor give place, which another translation says foothold to yeah. the devil. Yeah. Okay. And we'll continue on in a second. I think this is an important aspect oh, of parenting is. as well as Absolutely. marriage. Um, because you need to have that perspective yeah. of, I'm not going to allow this to continue being something that's on my mind and not give the devil a foothold in creating bitterness in my heart. And in, in, uh, I just pulled this up because I thought of it. Galatians 5, 24 through 25, it says, And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So when you're a Christian, you have mm. the Holy Spirit. Yeah. But are we walking in the Spirit? Right. And what, what we experience on a day-to-day -day basis in these circumstances right? Where maybe, so a lot of parents will call, oh, I get frustrated with my child. Mm. Do you know that frustration is actually not even a biblical word? Like meaning it's not a word you will find in the Bible. So it could be your own justification for anger. And mm -hmm. also what tends to justify anger is we do, it actually works in the short mm -hmm. term, but the long term it's destroying potentially the spirit of your child. And so we right. can get people to do things mm -hmm. in anger. But that doesn't mean it actually worked. You got obedience, but is that what we want? Right. We We're do. Yeah. And I think we need to talk about that more in depth in this, the fear-based obedience versus love-based obedience, yeah. which we'll get into. Yeah. Um, but I just want to continue, like bring this up, this this concept. This is one of the ways that you can overcome parent um, anger or resentment, mm. that aspect, because the definition of anger was one of them was the feeling of resentment or bitterness. Um, and that's how the devil has a foothold, right? He, If we don't deal with it, yeah. what has provoked anger in us, we don't deal with the sin and we just are like going to aloof judgment and we're like judging in our head, holding a grudge yeah. that gives the devil a foothold. And so God's wisdom for us is do not let the sun go down in your wrath. Deal with it that day. Yeah. And that's a principle that we've had in, in our, our marriage. marriage. It's a good marriage tip. We've also used it in our parenting, which I think helps a lot because then the kid isn't sleeping and upset all night long. There yeah. have been a few times. And don't where, let your siblings or your kids. Yeah. Don't let the siblings have arguments with each other. It's good to train Reconcile. Them. Yeah. Yeah. And if you think about it, you're training them to have a more successful marriage. If you're applying this to your parenting and encouraging your kids to deal with their conflicts before going to bed. Well, let's talk so, about what happens when you're angry with your kids, when you actually show the anger outwardly towards your kids. Mm. What is actually happening? Well, uh, you're modeling what you want your kids to do. 
That's the first challenge that's happening. Right. So they are going to become parents, Lord willing, one day. Um, They're in relationships with people because they're human and God made us social beings to interact with one another. We're made in his image. So this concept of dealing with anger relates to every relationship. And if you have small kids, you see them get angry. But if you're being angry as well in your timing, and then you're telling them not to be angry, well, what happens is it really usually never goes away in the kids if it doesn't go away in the you're parents. You're leaving a legacy and of anger. And then when they're teenagers, uh, it's even harder to influence them because they see you doing it. Right. It's to, Well, because we, we've talked about this in other episodes, you're a hypocrite then. Yeah. Like if you're expecting them to have self-control over their emotions and you're not. And that I, I say, like, as we're talking about these things, guys, listen, like... <sighs> It happens to it's all of us. It's blunt and it happens to all of us. And I'm convicted as I'm yeah. sharing this because there have been times where I have like defended myself if I thought, thought my child was being disrespectful, right? Mm-hmm. Like in having discussion with them. And I- Taking it really personal. Right. You take it uh, like a personal offense and then it, it like almost provokes anger in you, right? Which is actually the verb of yeah. the definition of anger. When you look at the Webster dictionary, there's the noun, which is the feeling of, and then the verb, which is the provocation of anger. And it's just interesting because the Bible actually warns parents not to provoke their children to wrath yeah. also. And I think one way we do that is if we are already angry with them. Well, when you're angry, you're actually beside yourself from a psychological standpoint. So anybody in an emotional charge of anger can't think very well. They're mm-hmm. lacking mm-hmm. wisdom in that moment. Yeah. And so once you go there, you're kind of on the deep end. Mm-hmm. And so you have to stop yourself and decide to walk in the spirit before before you actually have the outflowing mm-hmm. of anger. And if you can't do that, here's some really important tips, which is you need to not communicate with your kids. You need to t- tell them, I'll be right yep. back. And you need to isolate yourself for a second, maybe say a prayer. Take a deep breath, read some scripture. I mean, honestly, if you really want some good scriptures, we're going to be going over Ephesians 4, 26 through 31, Colossians 3, 21, Proverbs 22, James chapter 1, 19 through 20, Ecclesiastes 7, those are just some of the ones we're going to touch on today. I just put them in a grouping right there for you if you're taking notes, because those are good verses you could be memorizing yeah. that'll help you to overcome anger in your parenting. The The continuation of Ephesians 4, 26 through 31 says, um, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. That right there is convicting if you've ever said anything in an angry way or in a mean way to your kids. But what is, but only say what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. So see, like if you're in anger telling your kids something, they're actually not necessarily going to even receive it is what the Bible's warning us. Like it needs to be said for necessary edification that it might impart grace to the hearers. Then it continues, and do Mm -hmm. not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. That's huge. Be kind, tender-hearted. When you're angry, you're not those things. Right. You're in the flesh versus the spirit, what you're reading in Galatians. So you can give yourself a little time out. Um, mm-hmm. you can take a deep breath. Uh, you can just in that moment, uh, decide that I'm not going to mm-hmm. 
be angry because I don't want them to mimic that. And you can just walk in the spirit if you can do it that quickly. I think that, it, you know, we've been we're talking about modeling for our kids, not being hypocrites, living the way we want to see them live in relationship Mm -hmm. with in their marriages and in their parenting and with other people. But sometimes there's that aspect. So mimicking is sometimes a reaction, but it can also become like they can be doing it without having been provoked Mm -hmm. also because they're literally mimicking us. They copy what we do. Which yeah. can be super um, refining when you, as a parent, realize, oh, wait a second, where did they learn that? They learned that from me. Now, there's some myths too that you could be thinking, well, my kids are really strong-willed. I think they're extra strong-willed, and so yeah. it is even harder for me as a parent. Right. What do you think about that? I have to laugh because. The Bible says that folly is bound up in the heart of the child. And every one of these proverbs that we're going to be reading today talk about how anger is of a foolish person. Folly, foolishness, that's the same thing. And so you have foolishness is bound up, wrought up in the heart of a child. And so, of course, they're going to struggle with anger at times. And we as parents have to gently, kindly model for them self-control, but also teach them how to have self-control. So we've talked about this in parenting program, just, you know, we've talked about like, what are some things that you can do to help your kids calm down in the moment, getting down at eye level, looking at them in the eyes. Um, But what's really important, even teaching your kids what those physiological symptoms are Mm -hmm. that they will, they will start to experience physiological symptoms, whether they're getting red in the face, hot, right? Maybe teary eyed. They start, their heart starts beating faster. Their vein starts popping. Right. Or even like their, their stomach. stomach, their gut starts hurting. So if they're starting you have to, to learn your triggers of going into anger and shift to a more positive communication right. in those moments. So for kids, like we've had those conversations with our kids of yeah. like the physiological symptoms that each, because they're different for every kid, right? Yeah. Um, but to recognize that that's the beginning of them moving into conflict. So some of your kids, their face might turn red if you want to pick up what your kids are and help them discover right. that. Some of them, they might lose Be- eye contact and start looking at the ground. Uh, right. Some of them, they might clench their jaw and they have a, a vein, vein popping. Right. Right. Some of them just retreat and move away from everybody. There's mm-hmm. different things they do and you need to learn your kids, but you need to know yourself as right. well so you can show how to control yourself and self-control because mm-hmm. don't we want our kids to have self-control? Well, we need to model self-control in this area mm-hmm. and then we can teach our kids to do that too. Right. And, you know, part of it is that self-control is actually one of the, f- it's the fruit of the spirit. Mm-hmm. And so as parents, like, are your kids saved? Yeah. Are they born again? Have they been like, have they received um, that gift of salvation and are they purposefully trying to walk as a Christian now? Yeah. And if they are, then you can hold them to a different kind of accountability where you're having a conversation with them and talking about what it looks like to live and walk as a Christian and what they're actually doing because it is a daily choice. Now you mentioned hypocrite briefly. Uh, We're going to make mistakes. And if you do make a mistake, just be real. This is such an amazing opportunity for teaching when you make a mistake Talk to your kids about the mistake you made and how you should have dealt with it so that it's also in alignment with how you're teaching them to deal with it. When they see humility with you sharing what you did wrong, Mm -hmm. it actually boosts your influence when you teach them 
how to correct themselves. And I think it's important to have that open dialogue where you're also like preparing them to be a part of an active part of the body of Christ, where Amen. like, even though we're their parents, we, there is a time where they shift into being a brother and sister in Christ also. And so saying, Hey, can we pray together? Can you pray for mommy? Mm-hmm. Can you like, you know, cause there are times when they lose their temper and you pray for them so why wouldn't it be powerful for you to be humble before your child and say, hey, can you pray for me too? Let's pray together. It's huge. And I mean, that just shows that there's like a two-way street here. You're opening up communication. Yeah. They're seeing, oh, mom and dad are honest about their struggles too. Yeah. And so I don't need to be afraid and retreat from admitting my struggles. Yeah. Hey, I wanted, I have a, a message for you dads uh, from God. Okay. It's right here. He didn't tell me it's right in the Bible. So that's cool. But first, uh, the free workshop's amazing. Those of you that have been through it, love an email or let us know. We've heard so many good things. It's about 30 minutes, completely free. Mm-hmm. And it really goes over the challenges we're up against in courageous parent to the, the need for being a courageous mm-hmm. parent. Parenting differently than we were parented, even if it was good. It's uh, inadequate for handling today's issues. Never before as a generation had access to technology, the internet, phones. Not in the same uh, way. It, yeah. Not in the same way. So it's a whole different ball game. Mm-hmm. And we have to be more diligent than ever. And it goes over some of that. And then it gives you some perspective of legacy in terms of numbers. If you have three kids and you teach your kids to have an attitude that kids are a blessing, and that continues six generations later, I'm not going to tell you the number, but it's pretty significant the impact you're going to have. It'll motivate you to diligently parent your kids and mm-hmm. then give you practical, courageous parenting tips on how to do it. So mm-hmm. I encourage you to check that out. But here's the message for fathers in Colossians 3, 21. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Now you think about, do you want your kids encouraged or discouraged? You know the answer. We all want them to be encouraged. We want the best for our kids. But when we get besides ourselves and we're angry, that's what you're doing. We're provoking them. And I, you know, you said fathers, this is a message for you, but I think that moms also need to um, ask themselves the hard question and write down what provokes my child to becoming discouraged, which is what it's talking about in Colossians. And there's another verse in Ephesians that says, do not provoke your children to wrath because you can actually make them angry by what you're provoking in them. And so it's important that we recognize that there is this, when you are angry, your kids will react. They will react in different ways from one another, but they will react somehow. And so, and it doesn't actually provoke a good reaction out of them. And that's actually your fault. Yeah. I think that parents need to own that. We do. And and realize like I'm provoking my child right now. And there are times though, when you also need to help your kid to own their response Mm -hmm. as well. But you can't do that if you're provoking them. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's super important. Proverbs 22, 24 and 25 says, make no friendship with an angry man. And with a furious man, do not go lest you learn his ways and set a snare for your soul. So Proverbs is the wisdom literature. God is warning us here to be careful who we hang out with. So if you're doing Bible time and you're going through Proverbs, and Mm -hmm. all of a sudden this is the one for that day, and you're an angry parent sometimes, and you have not apologized, you've not taught them that what you're doing is wrong, Mm -hmm. how are you going to handle that moment? Are you going to skip the scripture? Hmm. Or are you going to read it? And then realize you need to apologize. Mm -hmm. I think that you never need to worry about reading the scripture to your kids if in real time you're apologizing to them and you're correcting your ways over time. Mm 
We need to do that. Otherwise, the Bible, as you teach it to them, is going to make you look bad in some ways. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, yeah. and that's not what God wants. God wants you no. to look great to your kids. You're the authority God has granted mm-hmm. your kids to be fruitful. And you can be. Yeah. I also think that that particular scripture that we were talking about regarding um, do not spend time with an angry man. I'll just paraphrase it. Do not spend time with an angry man, lest you set a snare for your soul. Yeah. God is warning us as parents to teach our kids this proverb. They should have it written on their heart and they should be judging other Christians and they should be choosing wise friends because if their friends are foolish and angry people who have a lot of aggression and they're, um, they're not having self-control it is going to rub off on them. Yeah. God is warning us that it is a snare for our soul. You just brought up something about judgment that I want to clarify because listening in, you could be like, I thought we weren't supposed to judge people. Well, actually the scriptures say, and I didn't have it prepared, but you can Google it. The scriptures say to judge the believers, Mm -hmm. people who profess to be Christians. We do need to make judgments. Mm -hmm. We need to teach our kids to make judgments so they're not around Mm -hmm. the wrong influences. And there's another episode where we talk about this. You can look it up. But uh, what we're not to judge is non-believers. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of Christians get that wrong. And they're they judging the non-believers and they're not judging the believers. Right. And that's a train wreck for not sharing the gospel and not being a light of Christ. Right. So we want to be a light. God yeah. will judge the non-believers. Mm-hmm. That's not our job. That's clear. But right. believers, we do need to make some judgments mm-hmm wise judgments based on fruit. We're to judge the fruit. You know, it's interesting with um, fruit too, because there are a lot of lies that people can believe regarding anger um, based upon their own past, right? Like fruit in their relationships, maybe with their own parents. And they believe the lie, well, my parents were angry and their parents were angry. So it's just a generational thing. I can't get rid of it. And if you have believed that lie, I just want to challenge you because that is actually, well, it is just a lie from the devil. And remember that he wants you to be in bondage and oppressed. And he wants to continue on this legacy of oppression in your family because it's actually keeping you from experiencing the freedom that we have in Christ Mm -hmm. and being a new creation and experiencing living and the, the good fruit that God has for us when we truly are walking in the spirit, right? Yeah. And you can experience freedom from that. You can. And so um, another lie that people believe is I can't change. Mm. I've been doing this for so long. Or I was raised with uh, my parents yelling at me. Right. And so That's it's what in, we were just ingrained. Yeah. 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 And so, um, you know, that you brought up the lie. My kids are just different. They're more strong willed. And I mean, Okay, we have eight kids, so obviously we've experienced. We've had some kids more strong-willed more than strong others. Willed than others, yeah. for sure. But I will say too, and I've said this in a previous episode. I dig into it more in depth in the parenting program. But be thankful that you can actually see the behaviors. Oh yeah, because then you know what to correct and you can label them and dig in with that child. It's the quiet ones you need to watch out for because it's not like sin doesn't exist. It's yeah. still there. It's just hidden. D- and don't, so, don't kill your hope. If you're saying these lies like, oh, my kids are so strong-willed, I'm doing everything I can. Well, I, I just think that you lose all hope when you say you're doing everything you can. Right. We're not doing everything we can. We're constantly trying to grow and learn more and learn from God mm-hmm. and and do better. 
and talk to them about it. Like you can't expect someone to do something that they don't know. Yeah. So you have to read God's word to them. For example, that proverb about not having friends that are angry. Like, do your kids know that they actually have a choice and that they can choose friends that don't struggle with anger? Yeah. Amen. And right here in James 119, it says, so then my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. I remember reading this when our oldest kids were very young around the table many, many times. Mm-hmm. I love this scripture. Yeah. And when you teach your kids scripture like this, what is it also doing? It's teaching you. The ultimate way to hold yourself accountable and not becoming angry mm-hmm. is teach your kids scripture about anger. That's so true. <laughs> it's, it is. And you know what's interesting is a lot of people forget like this particular scripture says, the wrath of man, yeah. not the wrath of God. Right. The wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. There's yeah. a difference between wrath of man and wrath of God. Yeah. A lot of people talk about holy anger. And of course, there's like those those um, arguments, right? Like abortion. Yeah. Like we as Christians can have a holy anger for murder. Right. 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 But do we approach non-believers who are for abortion with that kind of anger? Right. That's not going to produce the righteousness of God. And so we have to be really careful how we're approaching people. Um, But it's good to be angry in that sense regarding the death of unborn children, for example. We should be angry about that. But let's just say someone has a 15-year-old who's been raped Mm -hmm. and they become pregnant. And then they find out that their daughter, not only did she get raped and they didn't know about it. She got pregnant. They didn't know about it. She got an abortion. And then they found out later mm-hmm. and they like having anger towards the injustices yes. is okay. But, yes. but in your anger, do not sin. It is, you do not come across angry mm-hmm. and to your child. Mm-hmm. They already are living with Th- enough there's shame. A, there's already shame there and they need us to communicate as adults. Right. Instead, like that anger is actually going to create distance when what they need is you being right mm. there to be able to comfort them and walk them through restoration Amen. with God. Amen. Now, real quick, the Parenting Mentor Program, we have a, we love it when we get these testimonials, a new testimonial. And if you're on the video version, you can actually see. Uh, but uh, let's listen to it real quick. And then we're going to give you some more practical stuff on this. Hi, my name is Carrie Foss. My husband and I have three kids, ages six, three, and one, and we have our fourth on the way. And I just wanted to share a little bit about our experience with the Courageous Parenting Mentorship Program. What Angie and Isaac have done in creating this is literally phenomenal. There's so many families who never take the time to take all of the knowledge that they've gained over their over their many years of parenting and make it available to people who are behind them, who have younger kids and who are learning as they go. And what they have done is they have not only taken what they've learned, but they've taken what they've seen in the scriptures, what they've seen in families who have been raising their kids biblically all around them, and they've packaged it in a six-week program where you're not only able to learn from them, but you're able to search out in the scriptures yourself, see what God's word is saying in the context of parenting, and then have practical tips on how to apply it. It is awesome. It's not just these hypothetical situations, or it's not just this, here's what I think you should do. It's, let me show you where in scripture this is. Search it out for yourself. Discuss it with your spouse. Here's how to apply these different things. Here's how we've applied it, and here's how we recommend you apply it. It has been life-changing for us. 
it has given me a vision for not just the different things that we might focus on as parents who are trying to raise our kids biblically, like how our kids are behaving or what we're doing with discipline, but also the things of the heart, which is what we know Christ really cares about our hearts and the hearts of our children and how to pursue our children's heart and how to model for them the love that we have for Jesus in our parenting. It has been transformational for us. I'm so grateful that the Lord put it on their heart to invest their time in this program, in their podcast, um, and just the intentionality that they have, the wisdom that they have, and their their ability to pull out God's word and in a very simple, clear to understand terms, say, this is what this looks like. This is what this has looked like for us. And this is what this could look like for you. So I highly recommend it. Definitely like one of the best things that we've done this year, one of the best investments we've made this year. And I could not recommend it more to my friends, to family, to all of you. Okay. I hope you check it out. Wow. I'm so thankful for hearing that. It just always puts a smile on my face. And uh, just the impact God is doing through the Parenting Mentor Program, the six week self paced Mm -hmm. uh, with live engagement with us and powerful community that's ongoing into the future with everybody who's been through the program or is currently going through the program. So we just can't be thankful enough. And it is the main way that it supports Mm -hmm. our ministry. So it's really cool. So we're going to go into um, talking about the flesh versus the fruit of the spirit, aren't we? Yeah. So think about this way. When you are walking in the flesh, there's a selfish ambition, right? You're thinking selfishly Mm -hmm. in that moment. And I think that when we as parents, like if we lose our temper or we, we use words like frustration, irritated, annoyed, um, there are there like think about all of the different occasions or um, situations, circumstances that you may be thinking about regarding that. Like if you're annoyed, maybe it's because your kids are constantly asking why, 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 and it yeah. drives you nuts. Yeah. Oh, right. And then you and you're driving the car and you're trying to focus, and then you just have an outburst of anger and you yell at the kids. Mm-hmm. Right. That's not okay. That's actually not okay. I'm going to give you a little tip. So one of the things that I've done over the years to help me overcome that frustration that I can feel it in me, right? It's getting Mm -hmm. hotter. It's getting louder. I can't focus the same. I'm driving. I have kids in the back. Instead of yelling, pull the car over and get out of the car and just stand outside the car until the kids are quiet. Then open the car door, look at them each in the eye and go, You know why I pulled over, you guys? Because this is very dangerous. Mom needs to be focused on the road. And when you guys are arguing or you're being really loud and you're asking me a million questions or you're bugging your sister, I can't focus. And that is dangerous because we could get in a car accident. And I love you enough to not do that. So I'm going to wait out here and are you guys until you guys are calmed down. You tell me when you're calmed down. No more crying. And you just wait. And and you know what? They may end up being late to piano lessons or to ballet or to a play date. And if it's any of those things, maybe your punishment for them right away is we're not going to do that now. We're going to go home. Such a bummer you decided to do that. I warned you. Like if you've warned them ahead of time, you can say, I warned you. We're turning around now. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to challenge everybody. I think a good portion of you aren't actually going to do that. Because it's inconvenient to you and your plans. Mm. And I just, I want to say that with an encouragement 
that you have to have a different perspective. Mm -hmm. It's not about your plans that matter. It's about the hearts of your kids and that they're obedient to you because mm -hmm. God says, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. And when they disobey you, mm -hmm. they're actually disobeying God. And you want to cultivate obedience in them because if they can't obey you, they're not going to obey God either. Yeah. Well, likely. And it is inconvenient. You may even be the mom that's like, we've had this play date on this calendar for when, however long, and I want to spend time having mom talk with another adult. Mm -hmm. I just have to say, though, like the most creative discipline, like you're not having a play date for a child that is really social is the best kind. And you will have the most fruit long term because that consequence, they will not forget it. And the next time you can say, Okay, guys, remember what happened last time? No arguing in the car. No, you know. So look for the short-term sacrifices that create long-term gains. They do. Like our kids, it's interesting because our kids, I think, only like bickered maybe two or three times. And then what happens when you get it right with the older kids, the rest fall in suit because they know what's not acceptable and what is acceptable. Yeah. And so it's just never really been an issue since those three times I pulled over way back like 14 years ago. Yeah. So I want to read to you guys from Ecclesiastes chapter seven, verse nine and 10. It says, do not hasten in your spirit to be anger, angry for anger rests in the bosom of fools. Whoa. Hmm. Don't want to be so, a fool. We don't want to be a fool. This is a good one to memorize with your kids, especially if they're struggling with anger as well. Um, the reason why, you know, there is so much scripture that talks about anger. Actually, we only grab like six or seven verses here. Mm -hmm. But in reality, there's hundreds that talk about anger. And so you could just go into your concordance and look up anger and start making cards, post them around your home. That will help a mom to overcome the anger in her parenting, yeah. to see those scripture verses on the fridge in the yeah. laundry room. Yeah. Our next point is fear-based obedience versus love-based obedience. And we don't mm -hmm. want mm -hmm. our kids to obey us because they fear us in that negative way. Right. We want them to obey us because they love us mm -hmm. and they don't want to let us down. And if you're saying, well, that's a kind of fear. Well, sure. That mm -hmm. good kind of fear of not wanting to let you down, not wanting to lose your respect uh, and these kinds of things, that's can be okay, but we don't want to create a culture in our family that our kids do things because they're scared mm -hmm. of you. If you do that, then you have a works-based Christian in the future uh, that only does things because they think they're um, getting you know access to to God. When what Jesus did on the cross is amazing, the salvation is because of what Jesus did and somebody believing. And so we don't want to create that. And you could also push your kids away from loving God. And you could lose their hearts. Mm -hmm. And when they launch from the home, they may not communicate with you a lot if you have that fear-based obedience. Mm -hmm. And it, you could really be um, continuing to do it because you see that it works in the short term. But in the long term, there's major ramifications. You know, it's this is a particular, this topic of fear-based obedience versus love-based obedience could be, we, we do talk about this a more in depth in the parenting program because um, we actually study all of John chapter 14, which I wasn't planning on sharing with you, but I'm just going to share a couple verses from here. That, um, Jesus says actually four times in this chapter alone, if you love me, you will obey me. It says in verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. Boom. And then he says again um, in verse 21, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to 
him. Mm-hmm. We want our kids to experience God, for Jesus to manifest himself to him. We want the father to love our kids. Amen. Right? And he does. But we need to teach them what it means to obey because they love, right? And their first example of that or practice is being able to obey mom and dad because they love us, not because they're fearful of us. Otherwise, they'll have a fear-based relationship with God only. And what's interesting is we're not getting into this too much in this podcast, but God's word says to fear fear God, not man. And there's two kinds of fear, just to be clear here. We don't want the dread kind of fear, uh, which Angie was talking about, mm-hmm. but we want that awestruck amazement for God's mm-hmm. authority and mm-hmm. control of our lives and influence and ability to do whatever he wants. Uh, we want that kind of fear, that good fear for God. And we don't want that mm-hmm. negative fear of God because there's a negative fear in man. We are not to fear man at all. Mm-hmm. And so are you creating weak Christians that are at the whim of other humans in the future because they fear people. Right. I mean, even Proverbs 19, 23 says the fear of the Lord leads to life. The fear of the Lord, not the fear of man. The fear of the Lord leads to life. And he who has it will abide in satisfaction. He will not be visited with evil. And so like there's a difference, though. I, I, you know, I think a lot of parents mistake and they need to teach their kids to fear God in that loving, oh, he reverent, he is all powerful. He has the power to do this and have fear of God, but they're not supposed to be fearing parents. And so if they have a fear or they shudder, like here's a test, right? Like if you are angry with your kids and you're talking to them and they flinch flinch or they shudder, there's an issue actually, a big issue. And so, and, and we should be judging within the Christian community. When you see that. Because if we see that, it actually needs to be brought up to the parent and say, if your child's flinching, it's because there's a brokenness in your relationship with them and they're actually scared of you, which is not biblical. Right. Now, this doesn't lead to weak parenting. We're not saying to be weak with your kids. There are times where you're looking them in the eyes and you have a stern voice, clarity, and there's real consequences for what they did. There's a difference between disappointment and anger. It is prudent to be disappointed and to be honest about that right. when you are. But let's be disappointed with their behavior, not disappointed in who they are. Right. Disappointed in the behavior is different. Now you're not hurting their identity, right? but you're attacking the bad behavior in a productive way versus getting angry at the bad behavior, mm-hmm. which is not productive. Right. Our kids should. So like there's a difference between your kids fearing you like yeah. shuddering, right? Or being scared um, because that creates distance in the relationship. And then right. they hide, they get good at hiding their sin and lying. Especially actually. as they get older. And as they get older, their like if alter your kids, egos. And I can also, oh, that's important. Yeah, they have they have their two different uh, lives. Two different lives. The with the, their friends. The one their Christian parents see and the one their friends see. I wish I could have like a mini camera on some kids sometimes just to see how drastically differently they act when they're with their parents and when they're not, because, you know, being just even, and and a lot of people think like, Oh, if we, if we homeschool or, Oh, they're Christian, then they, they must be better, better, less sinful. But the reality is, is that's not always true. And unfortunately so many parents have blind spots in their parenting and they're not even willing to look at their own children, like productively and go, 
if I let this sin go, it will separate them from God and become a huge issue that will create problems in their future marriage and parenting. Yeah. Like if you care about your legacy, you have to understand that that little sin is not going to be little in 10 years from now. And so we need to be honest and we need to be clear, but we don't need to come across as angry. Right. This is your biggest jurisdiction. This is your job. This is one of your purposes that God created you for. If you have kids, you have to get good at correcting and giving things a biblical vocabulary word, not justifying anger with words like justification or irritation or annoyance, but instead own it, fess up to it and go, I'm going to repent of this, turn from my sin and be done. Yeah. Right. And if you can't do that, like, how can you expect your kids to be living and having self-control over themselves and their anger? Now, a point of encouragement as we finish is there are no perfect parents. We're not perfect. And we come across strong because the Bible is strong. Right. We're just bringing the biblical truth and declaring it. Mm -hmm. And if that's convicting, then let's use that conviction for a purpose of change. And you can change. Mm -hmm. Anybody can because you can ask God to help you change. But if we try and change in our own will, we're likely to fail over and over again. But through the Spirit, if we ask God to help us and we read the Word on a regular basis, Mm -hmm. the encouragement is that transformational change can happen for anybody. So if you've struggled with this a little or even a lot, there's absolutely hope. And it's called God will help you. That's right. And he put his body here. Jesus came and he was broken for you. Mm -hmm. But then when he left, he left the gift of his Holy Spirit, which is with us. Mm -hmm. And he left us to be a member of a body. body. And so when you're walking in biblical fellowship with one another and you're, that means you're going to be transparent. You're going to share with a brother or sister maybe in church or something, maybe a neighbor, Yeah, someone who sees you interacting with your kids and you confess your sin to them and ask them to be praying for you and holding you accountable. That is another amazing, huge help in overcoming this issue of anger in your parenting. The last verse I want to share with you is in Proverbs 19, 11. It says, the discretion of a man makes him slow to anger and his glory is to overlook a transgression. What we teach our kids is this. And this is what we do too. If someone offends us, we have two options. One road is to overlook the transgression. Mm-hmm. And then we just don't bring it up again. Yep. The other road is if we can't overlook it, we go the Matthew 18 approach, which is to go to your brother and, and talk to him about the offense. And if he doesn't listen, take another. And if they don't listen, then you take a group, right? Yep. Because the whole point is that we are restored in in reconciled relationship with one another and we're able to function as members of one another. Our sins don't just affect us. They affect everyone we're in community with and our relationship to God. So true. So thanks so much for joining us. Please share this episode and others to continue the movement. Hope it helps you. See you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. 
Each week, Isaac and I release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you and your spouse to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. It's an incredible program where we cover everything from obedience, training, to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's an incredible community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentorship program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.